0: who works as an independent living quality
1: so uh, that Church, uh, that's good. All the time, they're always um, saying something. I'm um, sort of invited to all my parents in the congregation here all the way from of um, Africa. I don't know if people no, were able to recognize them, they can
2: stand down.
1: A couple of times. I think she took my niece on the side, she's fine. But uh, I'm so delighted in Africa, for those who know the history of Africa, uh, as far as my country is concerned, not every young yeah, person has to care to be alive. So uh, that's why I thought like before I sing, I need to hang up for that. The like fact that you know, my dad and my mother alive. dad's uh, a minister as well. He's on a dance. And seal that the pain. So I know how you feel. is death was so real, but and
0: our fellow children, our communities to be lifted up and to share with them how good it is to see Jesus. Lord, as we talk about the God of this world, help us to know that the God of this world won't be around for too long. And we'll soon know the God of the universe who has guided us, helped us, sanctified us, put us in our right minds, and brought us in the right place so that death, sickness, and sorrow, and strokes shall be a past of eternal history. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. I want to say thank you to the pastors of your church. Let let me uh, say this, these two young men are gentlemen. And, and Dr. Sway. I have, and I'm not funny, I have never been greeted so kindly by a church I've never been at like these two gentlemen have greeted me. <laughs> that not only speaks to their whole training, but it also speaks to, I hope that you will recognize that if you don't treat your pastor's well, <laughs> we have a sun church in San Diego, <laughs> and I will be the key recruitment person <laughs> to snatch what Vegas didn't want But San Diego will gladly receive it. <laughs> I want to thank Dr. Oswe. When I met him, he was... Uh, Finishing up his doctorate. And let him, your pastors, and myself be a testimony to every single young man in here of color. You can do it. Never let it be found in your vocabulary that you were deterred from reaching your goal because God is no respecter of persons. And some of us have gone through racism discrimination. But we did it. We graduated. Even the student loans, I could testify. They told me don't take out a student loan. But when God saw the path of my life that I wanted to help my people, I got a letter from the government that they would start to pay off every single student loan and $165,000 later. Our young people understand you speak the language of salvation. Amen. You are the ones that can rescue and save your community. So, what you can dunk the basketball, that's fine. But the salvation work that God has for us to do involves reaching your fellow man, your fellow woman, your fellow youth who are struggling and suffering. In the mire of sin, and God has called you and anointed you to reach them. Amen. Amen. Now, before I, you know, I better not get too long, but I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <That's>,
0: that proper. <laughs> <That's> not raised, my voice,
2: sorry. And preach.
0: God has given us gifts give and blessings for us to share with the world. And I, I I wanna I want to warn some of you. I, I know how churches are. They hear hell and the doctors coming, and many are very excited to get them back. I've been trying to get them off that chicken. <laughs> and today you're gonna vindicate
2: them.
0: Well, I want you to get a proper understanding. Of your health and why God wants you to be healthy. And I guarantee you, it's an angle that you've never considered before. I want the whole church to say, I've got on my helmet of salvation. salvation. (laughs) And once once I have it on, I won't let the devil. verses 10 to 17, the God of this world. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 17. When you have it, say so amen. This whole message, if you drift off into delta phase of sleep, <laughs> He centered it around verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. What does Paul say? The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But starting at verse 10, this is what Paul says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Hit verse 12. For we do not, please listen to this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, my Bible says. High places. Therefore, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm upset with Las Vegas because of how Las Vegas has been talking about my father. The tobacco industry, the entertainment industry, the local drug dealer, the women of ill repute have made an accusation against my dad. Las Vegas and many multitudes of places are stating that it's because of my father's rules and regulations, my dad is preventing me from having the time of my life. The industries around the world have said that our father is a boring father that we as Christians just don't know how to have a good time and that we don't know how to party and we don't know how to let our hair down. The world is talking as if our father is just a father of judgment and restriction and if we could just lead the church that we would learn how to have a good time. Well, first of all, I want to remind the church of something with Paul says. Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Every single Christian, under the sound of my voice, should understand when you have overcome sin, when God has helped you to be faithful to your wife of many years, when you not just stop lying but learn to love telling the truth, you did not do it on your own. You did it through the power of Christ. (laughs) Many of us forget that Christ is your silent partner to help you have success. And the problem with the church today is the DSM-5 has stated that most Christians suffer from orthorexia nervosa. The church is the perfect place control freaks. When God gave us the Ten Commandments, control freaks love that word, thou shalt not. And what you need to understand is the world has it wrong. God's thou shalt not is not confining us, but it liberates us. When God tells you you should not kill, Instead of you wasting and focusing time on that person that made you upset, that cut you off at the light. The liberation of God is when you're not focused on killing, you can enjoy lots of living. When God tells you thou shalt not covet, why are you upset? Because your neighbor has a Mercedes-Benz or a BMW, God has given you hands and feet to work so that you can get a Kia Optima. (laughs) Put some rims and you can't tell the difference. (laughs) When the church recognizes that the love of God is what liberates us when we don't kill, when we don't steal, when we don't have to covet, but when we are happy in the Lord, it's the strength of his light. But Paul is stating this to the Ephesians church, the church in Revelation 2 and verse 4 that had lost their first love. I don't know how many of you have been in a relationship where the love is gone, where the fire has been dimmed, and it's out and gone. You start going through the motions, but there is no emotion towards your first one. And Paul warns this emotionless church where the husbands forgot that the Bible said, to love your wives and treat them as Christ taught, treated the church where the wives had to be reminded to treat their husbands like Christ, not as if they were Christ, where children had to be reminded to be obedient to the Lord. But ladies and gentlemen, when there is no love, the songs just don't have powerful tone. Your scripture reading is just words. But when there's love, and you're in love with God, sometimes you say in tears, but you can't express to God in words. Sometimes you just have to give the Lord, not the musician, a hand clap. Because when you think of how messed up, nasty, dirty, low down sinner you are, and that God had enough time <laughs> to save you from the accident, to give you a positive doctor's report, some of you have been pulled from the depths of death. Amen. <laughs> gotta say, I can't it. Thank you, Jesus. Glory unto God. When this church lost its first love, it started getting caught up in rules and regulations. And the love was gone. And we're no different than that. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the things pointed out in the dsm 5 about obsessive-compulsive-controlling people, is that diet is a place where they love to put their fixation. Because I can talk about what I see you about to eat. (laughs) And I can talk about you and your mama when I smell that chicken. With diet. That in our church today we have more vegans, vegetarians than we do have Christians. We seem to forget, like Paul said, the power and the might comes from Christ, not the fact that your saliva. Just eat non-animal products. Carrots may give you good eyesight and help you with your night blindness, but carrots won't give you vision. And when there is no vision, <laughs> to people, you might need salads to help clean up your cholesterol but eating all the salads in the world will not help
2: fix your nasty attitude.
0: Take all the vitamin D and calcium you want, but it won't help you to walk right when no one's around to see how tempted you are by the sin in front of you. Just because you are healthy does not says be strong and in the power of his might. And then Paul says, after you have become strong, that you need to remember this, that you are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Turn to your right, turn to your left. Look up on this stage. You're looking at flesh and blood. And then he throws in a butt. Why? Because the more time we spend, Wrestling against flesh and blood, it gives the devil a head start and the powers and the principalities do not fail to knock them humanity. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I remember a time where we used to argue in church over who wears a wedding ring. <laughs> First of all, if you look at the single mother rate in the African American community, and not just us, but the rest of the world, I say glory to God if a brother just decides to get married. I don't care if they dance, if they're if they have a little fancy stuff. Glory to God that two people just decided to stop their sinful and get married. But we argued, should you wear it on the rostrum? Should you wear it in your Should the pastor wear one? And while we wasted time arguing about the wedding ring, our divorce rate has superseded that of the world. And by the way, the pornography industry sends the church a thank you letter because the longer you have focused on a wedding ring, it allows them to sell their film word. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And then when, when the devil threw the wedding ring for us, it's an inanimate object. Like I said, glory be to God, if our folks just get married, then he threw another thing in there. We started arguing about music. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Ladies and gentlemen, in the wisdom of God, let me tell you why he doesn't care about the music because God is trying to save the musician. And if a musician is saved by God, through his experience with the Father of love, God will tell him or her what to see, what not to see, what wants to move, what wants to move. But we sit there arguing about music when God is trying to save the musician. Amen. And then when the Supreme Court made its recent decision, you don't like mad at Christians. Because for years, the other community was telling us our marriages last, man and What are you going to tell me, Christian? All we tell our young folk to be not unequally with unbelievers, as if someone who just comes to church is automatically coordinated into being a believer. You better learn how to check the matching and mismatching of personalities, likes and dislikes, and what happened to counseling. Because that boy or girl's mama, sister, and brother We have a church where we have two administrators to every one pastor. You can't administrate away sin. You need sanctified, holy men and women of God who have been called, who the Spirit of God has been poured out upon so that the church could be a sinner. If I'm addicted on drugs, Don't refer me to some other agency. I want a Christian counselor to help me. If I'm having marital problems, what do we do? Call the pastor. And we forget that these men have their own families to deal with. And even though they're in fifth gear cruising now, I'm sure if you talk to their wives, <laughs> we had to go through first gear and second gear,
1: and it was a little rough
0: by the third gear. and then the kids came along. All I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, we have exhausted the physicians who have been put in charge to keep the church healthy, and what God is looking for are people who can be empathetic to help a dying world instead of criticizing them lift up your hand, pastor i'm a volunteer send me i will work with the youth i will work with the elderly i will work with the drug addict i will work with the gangbangers we cannot put the holy work of god on the shoulders of only these men wrestle not against flesh and blood. Paul uses the term we because he's pointing out something else. That your greatest enemy is one that you would grow up. It's the one you see in the morning when you look in the mirror. And see folks, I'm a real and honest person. When I kneel down and pray and I just start telling God about Colin Ross and what God has to deal with in terms of me, when I start to confess my sins, when I tell God how excited I felt hearing a plane crash, thinking that XYZ individual might have been on that plane, when I start to confess to God all of the nasty stuff inside of Colin Ross, I am exhausted to the point where I don't have time to mess with you. When Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, he's telling you, when was the last time you had your spiritual mirror checked? When was the last time you honestly in prayer told God We're getting to the the plates and the foods and all that stuff that you came to find out about. But I have to set the table because before it goes into your mouth, it has to go into your brain. God didn't call any of us to be the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost doesn't need help. The Bible in John 14 and verse 26 One of the words that God uses for the Holy Ghost is a comforter. Somehow we seem to forget the reason why Christ sent the comforter was because the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes were sanctified, ordained men of the church who tried to kill Jesus. And if they would have killed Jesus, the lepers would have never been healed. The lame man at the pool of Bethesda would have never walked again. The lame man in front of the Golden Gate would have never walked again. Peter's grandmother would have never been healed of her fever. The woman at the well would have kept on to husband number seven, eight, nine, ten. 9, 10. But when Jesus came along, though the church tried to kill him, he said, Don't no, worry. I'm going to send you another comforter. If you really want to help the Holy Ghost, learn to develop your skills of comforting. It'll be all right. God is with you. Can I pray for you? You will do more help to a fallen sinner by trying to lift them up than trying to knock them down. don't worry, I'm getting getting to the food. (laughs) This is why Satan, as Paul pointed out, likes to find those members who cause schisms in the church. The word schism means they make a little bit of noise, but it has earthquake-like repercussions. There's probably somebody who wants to sing on the praise team. But because they can't get on the praise teams, every time the praise teams sing, they're going to fold their their lip, complain, and won't get into the thing of, there's probably somebody in here who wants to preach. And instead of you coming and enjoying the preaching that's done, you you purposely falling asleep, rolling up your lips, (laughs)
2: twisting up your head. Schisms.
0: But i tell you where you can flush out the Pharisees in your church. Come on, get to the pool. <laughs> Call a board meeting tonight on church stands. <laughs> Pharisees from far and near. Scribes. <laughs> Who you thought were born to another state. <laughs> you want to have a church homecoming? Just say we're going to talk about the length of skirts, all these tattoos we see coming into church. And the Pharisees will show up in mass with the little red book, but not the black book. Oh all right. Here's what I'm asking you, Pharisee. What are you doing about childhood? What are you doing about sex trafficking? Are you as upset about children being bullied in our schools? Who you moved when you heard an academy was closing down to send a little money to keep our kids educated in church school, fallacy. The only thing you can offer, fallacy,
2: yeah.
0: is your opinion, which doesn't matter when it comes to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Let me rush on. Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, powers and principalities, Paul gives us multiple layers of what we're fighting against, but then Paul gives us some good news. He says, we have an armor that God has given us. But here's what I want you to not miss. The armor God gives us is not for offense, but for defense. Mm. The only thing God has given you to fight with is what is called the sword of the spirit, which is mentioned last in Ephesians 6 and verse 17. God states that we are in an army in a fight a civilization. And the first thing Paul says in verse 14 when he talks about this army is that we must have the belt of truth. Now the interesting thing about a belt church is that it has a head and a tail. See, for you to fight in the right army, you got to have on the right belt. Your equipment won't stand up. Imagine you're in the fight and your pants are falling down, the the belt is very important. When Paul refers to this belt, he's literally talking about the Bible and says, look, if you don't understand how to find the church of the truth, you don't need to just read all through this. Just look at the beginning, Genesis, and look at Revelation, the end. That's the belt of truth. Because in Genesis chapter 2, God, talked about a special day called the Seventh. The Seventh Day. And then in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, the last person to speak before earth's history is closed is Jesus, Revelation 22, verses 16 and 20. So Paul says, if you want to find the true church, Put on that belt of truth, which has a head and an end, Genesis and Revelation, if they're not teaching the seventh day, and if they're not talking about Jesus, that eliminates a lot of false churches. Then as one has on the belt of truth, Paul says you put on the breastplate of righteousness, because the breastplate protects the heart. That your feet should be shod with the gospel of peace, because wherever a Christian goes, they bring peace and not war. The shield of the faith to fend off heresy. But then Paul uses an interesting term, and this is my song. Paul in verse 17 mentions the helmet of salvation. Now, folks, you know that if you ride a bicycle, if you ride a motorcycle, if you go water rafting, that helmet is to protect
2: the most
0: important part of your body, which is your brain. I want to get back to why Paul specifically calls it the helmet of our that. That's the message. When Paul, in this war, makes it plain that you're going up against an adversary, we all know that the adversary is the devil. A mean devil, a crafty devil. Paul even uses the term wise, which means deception, delusion, all negative terms. But there are two terms in the Bible that caught my attention about this adversary called the devil. And the first term is found in 2 Corinthians 11. Read it when you get home because I want to finish this sermon. 13 to 15 where the Bible calls the devil an angel of light. makes you think you're seeing clearly. And that was a subterm to the next term in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, where the Bible calls the devil the God of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are up against the devil, you're fighting a God. The devil is nobody to be played with, he is God like power. Those of you who like to deal with psychiatrist uh, with, with psychics and regionals, you're on the turf of a mean and angry God. But Paul says you've got a helmet and a helmet of salvation that protects your brain. Here's the sermon. Be safe if you keep that helmet on. But through improper dieting and lifestyle, the devil's attack is to try to get to your brain so he knocks off your helmet and helps you lose your salvation. Do you have it? The devil attacks the brain to get you to take off. Your helmet and now you've lost your salvation. The one power that the devil does not have is the ability to pull you out of church. You pull yourself out. Of it. <laughs> when you do that, you're on dangerous grounds because he uses an improper dieting and lifestyle to get to your brain. Now is where I want you to understand the purpose of our health message because some of you will be shocked at how the devil tries to get to your brain to pop off your helmet and make you lose your salvation. The first attack of the devil against the church is to get to your brain through insomnia.
2: Wow.
0: Wow. When Jesus, Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11, went into the wilderness to pray, it past 40 days and 40 nights. The second temptation of the devil found in Matthew 4, verses 6 to 9. He offered Jesus power in exchange for his son. And here is how the devil is offering us power in exchange for For insomnia, working overtime, two jobs, the professional who has to study to get that title, to get that money, and simply forgets the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Uh You're too tired to make it to church. Insomnia in exchange for your power. And he's getting at your brains. And by the way, those of you who like to fall asleep in church, <laughs> you can't sleep in your own house, but you come to fall asleep in house.
2: <laughs> You've
0: got a silly mattress.
2: <laughs> With remote control adjustments. But there's just something that feels good about
0: sitting in the pew. In fact, I'm not talking regular sleep. I'm talking head leading to the <laughs> sun. <laughs> Saliva dribbling up. <laughs> And here's why, here's why, what you can't practice during the week, what you practice during the week, you can't practice on Saturday. Some of you, you know it's that coffee that make, helps you make it through the 9 to 5, but well, we don't have Starbucks out in the morning <laughs> Well, let me give you something else I'm going to drop off. When God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it whole, he said, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. People get bad sleep during the week, but get some great sleep on Sabbath. Why? God talked about a circadian rhythm that he put in you. Now, y'all want to hear us. I'm going to tell you how to help your insomnia. The reason why God mentions the beauty of the Sabbath and he goes right into work is for this. When the body, Monday through Friday, is used to getting up at 8 o'clock to make it to a 9 o'clock job, but on Sabbath you decide to sleep in to just arrive for the sermon, you have broken the circadian rhythm and created a shift work disorder in your system. When God said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, he says, remember the cycle to keep it holy. If you can make it to a 9 o'clock job, how come you can't make it to a 9 o'clock church? Some of us suffer from insomnia because we sleep in on Sabbath, but get up to do our chores early Sunday morning. Try it for the next month, show up for Sabbath school and see how you will stay wide awake during the church service. And the reason why the devil wants you to nod off during the church service, he's massaging your shoulders just as the preacher is about to make a point that will help you keep your helmet on nice and tight. And the Lord said, (laughs) keep the cycle home. Don't worry, I'm almost done. Cigarettes. Remember, I I haven't mentioned anything about fruits and vegetables. If you can cuss out, use that word, somebody, because they smell like chicken, ate chicken, ate steak, come to Sabbath That's what we got, you. Cigarettes. You thought the devil invented cigarettes to damage your lungs? In cigarettes is nicotine. And when a person smokes nicotine, it goes through the lungs rapidly into the bloodstream to get to the brain. And what happens over time is you can't sleep without the nicotine. When you get upset, you need a smoke. When you want to get going, you need a smoke. When you want to feel empowered, you need a smoke. And all the devil has done is get nicotine into your system so it could get to your brain. He pops off your helmet, and now you've lost your salvation. And by the way, the lung cancer is just a parting gift from me. From the devil to the world with blood vessels. The bladder cancer, pardon it. The tongue cancer, pardon it. Once the cancer has developed, he's already got your brain. And the reason why we need to rescue people smoking cigarettes. It is a horrible thing to imagine you need a chemical substance to help you to be functional, and then you popped off your helmet, lost your salvation, dying the slow and horrific death of cancer. That's why we need to get people off of cigarettes, not because we want to be judgmental, because we're concerned about the salvation of their lives. Alcohol. You thought the devil invented alcohol to damage your liver. But it was to get to your brain. You see the pattern? Yeah, yeah. To pop off your helmet so you can lose your life. <coughs> when a person ingests alcohol, the body has a dehydrates that turns it into acid aldehyde. Then it turns from acid aldehyde to a form of an amine. That amine crosses the blood-brain barrier and makes you feel a lot better than you really are. Look at what he's done. He's got the alcohol to get to your brain so he can pop off your helmet and you lost your salvation. That's why every nightclub around here he sells drinks. And some of them even sell. I remember when I used to work with people, you're looking at a man that God has, don't think I'm telling you what I read. <laughs> I always fight the, the Adventists in the club, they one always drinking spring.
2: <laughs> 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 I, I, I
0: just want to give some of our youth some hope. I remember the first time I went to the club, and you know how we are. First of all, I showed up at the wrong hour. I showed up at 9 o'clock.
2: <laughs> As I learned the club, I,
0: I you got to arrive at 11, you've you got a message for you young ladies about alcohol and the devil is messing with your brain. And I remember I'm looking at these drinks, I don't know, I knew that sounds horrific. That was that alcohol. But then someone said Long Island iced tea. <laughs> 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 And when that thing came into my box, oh! Young yeah. the people, there's hope.
2: But, but I'll never forget, you know,
0: the one person at the club who was probably a former Adventist figured out who I was, so he decided to give me the rules of club. tell you ladies something. He told me you have to arrive at 11 p.m. when the ladies are real. Wow.
2: Ladies, let me tell you something about alcohol
0: and the, what the devil specifically has got to Some of y'all want to be like the boys, thinking you can drink any man under the table. And what you don't understand is, while you're trying to drink him under the table, he's trying to drink you into his bed. You go to the club when you should be at church with your girlfriends, and and, and you meet some guy who looks like (laughs) Flavor (laughs)
2: Flavis. I gotta break this down. I gotta break this down. (laughs) Flavor Flavis buying you all types of drinks. You even brag it to your girlfriend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he buys me drinks, girl, and don't worry, I, I got myself. You got you got my keys. No, I ain't going nowhere with this brother. He like playbook play, but after two
2: or three drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not giving you my phone number, I'm not getting my WhatsApp, if you don't have a J-O-B, you can't get with me! When would the church engage in teaching our young women to be young women and our men to be respectful? If you can't get with your sisters, Make it a point, young man, to protect your sister. They are the ones in the church and they're part of your family.
1: Obesity.
0: <laughs> that I'm the the let, let me let me end with this. Uh, I, there's many things I can show you. Scavengers. God gave us Leviticus 11. Here's my take. If you're gonna if you're not gonna be vegetarian, read Leviticus 11 and follow it. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Even in God's guidelines of the church in Leviticus. He was thinking about how to protect your brain. Yeah. And you haven't seen Scavengers. They are called bottom thieves. They shrink, lobster, crab. I don't care if it's Cajun. <laughs> and seared. That's just a cockroach with Cajun sauce. So look at I hope y'all are You know, probably not the same. These are called bottom fetus. (laughs) How do you get hepatitis A? The fecal-oral route. Meaning that you touch your bottom, don't wash your hands, put it to your mouth, you now get hepatitis A. If man had not eaten shrimp, lobster, crab, hepatitis A would never have been introduced to the human family. When hepatitis A, because we refused to do what God said in Leviticus 11, entered the human family, it invited its cousin hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and hepatitis D, just because man said. For nine ninety-nine on a Tuesday. <laughs> have some shrimp. Have some lumps, Have some crab.
2: When hepatitis
0: damages the liver, the endings go to the brain, And your thinking is listening. All I came to tell you this morning in this message church is to end proper dieting and lifestyle. The devil tries to get to your brain, whether you're vegetarian or not. That's not the point of healthy living. God wants to empower you. To rescue a world that is ignorant of the devil's relentless assault to get to their ground. As I close, Las Vegas doesn't have anything on my heart, right. He has given us rules and regulations to help us live in the heart. Kind of Dr. Montoya, I'm looking forward today to the day when doctors will be permanently
2: on the unemployment. line. Where Southwest will be out of business because there will be no more sea. Amen. When we can run and not get weary.
0: I'm looking to tell Hussein Gold one day. (laughs) Bring it on. I can beat you in a race. I'm looking forward to the day when there's no more arthritic pain and Motrin and Tylenol will be Greek and things of the past. Looking forward to the day when I can step on my glasses because I won't need them anymore. Looking forward to the day when I don't have to worry about 24-hour fitness because I've got my 24-7 Jesus. I'm looking forward to the day. When aging will be negative and not positive. But as time goes on, my blood pressure gets better, not worse. I'm looking forward to the day when the doctor will take away more pills because we won't need any of them. Are any of you looking for to it? Dr. this world, stop talking about my father. Because he's giving us all. Blessed hope. You come back this afternoon. I'm going to show you exactly, in short, something what the devil does in right, but how some of you need to help your fellow man be free from addiction. All of you better show this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>